Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. Odell Beckham Jr., even though he's in civvies at the end, big first half, he gets a ring. It's a long way from Cleveland to the Lombardi Trophy. And for Joe Burrow, might not be the last time we see him in the big game. Let's go to Michelle. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Yeah, did you hear? The L.A. Rams are world champions. Muzzle tough there. Donald and Matt Stafford and Odell. And sorry, Joe Burrow, not trying to put, pour any salt in the wound there, but I don't know that I agree with Al Michaels. That's why the playoffs are so exciting. That's why what you do in the playoffs lasts forever. Maybe you'll be back. Maybe you won't. Ask Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers. Either way, I can tell you this. It is the darkest day on the sports calendar. The day after the Super Bowl, that's as far away as you're ever going to get from the next football game. Hi and hello, and welcome to Minus 3. Yes, we are here for you. We, being Eddie Spaghetti over there behind the glass, and me, Dave Damashek, and everybody here at Extra Points. The good news is, we are here for you. Why? Because football season never truly ends, and neither does the sports calendar dig Sidney Crosby's on his way to his 500th goal. Make sure you bet that at fanduel.com slash minus three. It's the word minus the number three. Hope you rode along with us and our bets throughout the NFL playoffs. We had a pretty good track record there. I did tell you that the Rams would win the game, but by three points. What did they win by, Eddie Spaghetti? Did I say that they would win by three points? Was that my exact quote? I believe your score was 27-24. Yeah, that's right. And I kept saying, I can't, I can't get that four or four and a half. And it went up, I guess, to to five at one point, I think, and uh, ultimately kicked off at four. But either way, um, three was the number I advised. That's where it hit. And let's start right there, Eddie Spaghetti. We have Neil Kulong, by the way, from USA Today, NFL Wire. Great, uh, a, a great contribution to football fans out there all the time. And Neil is one of the wiser minds out there to try and get you right as we move on from the 2021 season here in early 2022. Never too early to start buzzing about QBs. Tom Brady, is he going to come back? Is Aaron Rodgers going to move or is he going to stay in Green Bay? Russ, Derek Carr, who's going to replace Roethlisberger, so on and so forth. It's a QB league after all, and we have to get to the bottom of these things with one of the better minds out there, and we'll do that in just a second. And also, I mentioned hockey, spaghetti and meatballs going to get you right as we head down the home stretch there of the NHL season. You got NBA and college. You know what's going on. I don't know if there's going to be any baseball, but we're here for you on minus three and at extra points. Spaghetti, before we bring Neil on and before turn things over to you and meatballs to talk some puck here, let's give out some quick Super Bowl grades. Did you enjoy Super Bowl 56? I did. I, I you know it was a good betting day. If you followed us on, on, on Twitter on minus three pod, uh, I gave out some bets too. I hit, you know, Bengals plus four under 40 and a half mixing over rush yards, McPherson over total kicking points, Stafford uh, interception, Stafford over 281 and a half. And me and Jen also team waiver wired came in second place to, to Toby's team covering glory in our EP draft, but third place out of over 2000 entries in the NFC fantasy playoff pool. And uh, we, we won a, a fair amount of cash. So it was a good 
Super Bowl Sunday for me. And uh, I'd say the game, my letter grade would be probably a, a B minus. I think it was a close game, but it wasn't necessarily a great game. Uh, refs decided to remember they had the flags in the final two minutes. You could say there were a few missed calls. Personally, I'd rather them not call stuff. I think I was making a joke with some friends that were all hockey fans who I was watching it with. And it's like reminds you of playoff hockey where unless you're showing blood, you're not going to get a penalty called. And I'd rather them just not call stuff than over call things. And I, I think they kind of messed up at the end of the game there, but uh, a few big plays. I was Yeah. I think though out. about, the, I mean, the, the, I, I absolutely Jalen Ramsey had his face mask tugged on the first play of the second half and everything. It, it's, it's so bang, bang. And so you let it go and you say at real speed, the ref shouldn't catch that, but we all then see the replay and we see that it was egregious. And so that could have won the Bengals, the Super Bowl. So Bengals fans now complaining that on at third and goal on uh, at the end of the game, that the entire Rams offensive line um, fall starts, which they did. And then there's a flag against the Bengals um, uh, defender and gets a new set of downs and the Rams on the strength of that win the game. It's unsatisfying for the officiating to play a role and the fact that they kind of offset bad calls. It still stinks. And the big takeaway to me is the Aaron Donald last drive, the performance there, an iconic performance against a guy who, if you weren't already on that train, that he is in the conversation for best defensive player of all time. I think he certainly solidified that and um, probably should have been the MVP. I'm sorry, I interrupted you there, Eddie Spaghetti. But the ba- the back-to-back plays he makes on third down with the season, with the, with the Lombardi on the line, that he tug award Samaji Piran back from a first down and then gets to Burrow on fourth down, who just about completes that ball. That's the thing people aren't talking about. That Burrow still spun around and flips the ball to Pirine, who maybe could have got it. And then that game, then that gets McPherson close to overtime, field goal range to force overtime. And then the only bet that I really whiffed on big that wasn't a, a fun swing for the fences like the anytime safety bet is um, then you get to 46 total points. 48 and a half was the total on the game going in. You almost then certainly get a field goal to win it and it puts you over there. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so B minus, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think B minus. I, I was surprised that immediately after people decreed, what a game, what an all time great, like, man, it was nah. pretty good. Wasn't that good yeah. to me? I didn't think it was a, a stellar Super Bowl edition, but it, it, it was uh, but fine. Anyway. I'll throw a couple other things out there. Uh, and you actually bring up a, gr- a r- awesome point about that Burrow still almost completed that on fourth down. And uh, actually, if it, hopefully it's still up there on his Instagram, uh, his Instagram story when you hear this podcast. But Bill Simmons, who was at the game, had pretty good seats. He actually posted an amazing video, uh, the best view I've seen of how close he was on catching that ball that Burrow kind of just as he was getting pulled down, kind of, you know, flung out there. And I mean, if that ball was, I don't know, 12 inches closer to, I believe it was P Ryan, like he catches yeah. that to first. I mean, it, it, that it, it's crazy. So go take a look at that. I'm shocked. Speaking of, yeah, P-Rine, he gets I'm, the ball at the 45. But yeah. Right. If, if P Ryan catches that and people are now belly aching, cause I posted a video of it and I said, look how close this is. And the reaction from most is why didn't P Ryan dive? I think he got flat footed. I think he's calling for the ball with his right. hands over his head. And as the ball flies and flutters, I think he 
wasn't physically uh, his posture didn't allow him to dive. But anyway, that's well. Uh, that's speaking of Piran, though, it's like they and I know I know they want to incorporate him in the passing game a lot. But you have one of the best running backs, a bigger, thick running back who could easily get the short yardage. Uh, in Joe Mixon had an incredible season and multiple times, like they had Mixon out in crucial points, and I don't understand that. By the Agreed. Bengals at all, and uh, I mean, Mason had a great game, uh, a good game on the ground, and I mean, he had five catches, didn't do any yards, but uh, I, I didn't get that point. And and then to the Aaron Donald, who had an awesome game, probably could have won MVP. I wouldn't have been upset with that. The one reason why I'm happy that Cooper Cup did win Super Bowl MVP is because I still feel like he was kind of robbed in not getting the NFL MVP over Aaron Rodgers, and and I mean. I, if I had to give it to a quarterback, I probably would have given it to Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. And then I also feel that Cooper Cup was probably more valuable than both of those guys. So I would have given it to Cooper Cup. So in a way, I'm happy for Cup, but uh, I, you can definitely make the argument that Aaron Donald dominated the game at the most important points, and he probably deserved it. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, you know, for all the swooning about Joe Burrow and the outfit he wore going into the game, which is funny that he had to put the same outfit on after losing and walk out of the stadium and that that's why you don't wear a foolish outfit like that. Not that I uh, am up on Mount Pius about it, just out of a sense of vanity. Imagine if you walk in there, I wish I were cool, but if I were cool enough to pull that off outfit on going in there and like being at the post game presser, wearing that outfit, looking like the coolest guy in town the the problem is is that when you lose you still have to pull on that same thing and then that would be the reason i wouldn't do it because i'd be scared people would make fun of me but for all the talk about that and the trade to get stafford and all that i feel it's funny because stafford isn't being celebrated enough i you know i've said this a million times i'll say it again that stafford that they say we got to move on from golf first overall pick because what we're missing is a high-end passer, a guy who makes the plays in the clutch and can deal with the pressure and all that kind of stuff. And then he did it with their backs to the wall. What a performance. Yes, Aaron Donald should be celebrated in Cooper Cup, but what a what a performance on the biggest drive of his life by Matthew Stafford. I thought that I thought that was great stuff. So yeah, I'll give it a B plus. I think the B minus, I should say. I thought the Bengals, you know, didn't have their best day, certainly. I think you can pick apart their game. As you say, I thought some weird personnel decisions mixing off the field on the and the game winning drive for long stretches was an uh, unusual look for them. Um, the Rams, I let off the hook for the points that they might have had had Odell not gotten hurt in the spot he did. Um, uniform matchup, I give it a B minus. I mean, let's use this time in the offseason Rams to get rid of the soul, the the so-called soul yellow. It's it, it don't look right. It's highlighter yellow. Nothing looks good with it. And the Bengals had nice uniforms. They fixed their uniforms, which used to be among the worst in the league. And the Rams don't look terrible, but they don't look as good as they should. B minus orange and black doesn't go with blue and highlighter yellow. Nothing really does. That's about I as good as they could do. I was kind of shocked that you gave that that little grade. I thought on TV it looked fine. It looked nice. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I do agree though with the Rams uniforms in general. And uh, I I have I own an Aaron Donald. The you know the uh, not the throw. I guess it's the throwback now. The um the blue and yellow the with the great you know stripes in the sleeves. And I I gave it to Jada who's doing a story for Spectrum at SoFi's uh, at SoFi Stadium. And then she actually said, "Wow, this one is way better than that they currently have." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know why they changed it either." But mm. I, I think that the colors kind of they were different. They popped in a certain way. It was a it, the stadium was 
bright. It was a day Super Bowl game, which we haven't had in a bit. So I think that it looked okay. I mean, I guess B minus is fair. B B minus is okay um, around there. But I, I thought it was. I didn't think it was uh, as bad as maybe other people thought. Halftime show grade go. It's definitely better than some of the pop music ones. Uh, I'm not a big rap guy, but I think obviously the stage was cool, uh, bringing up places in and you know parts of LA and the the street was a street view of Compton. And uh, I mean, I know all the songs. And also shout out to Kendrick Lamar, who is a uh, works out at the Bay Club with us uh, near our Extra Point Studios. So that was cool. And uh, that was the best part for me. Well, Kendrick Lamar was, was the was was uh, I felt like kind of stole it. The 50 cent um, cameo appearance uh, out of nowhere was a lot of people kind of predicted it because of his uh, you know involvement with Dr. Dre and stuff. But him showing up as a, a New York guy was uh, was pretty cool. And the, like the same thing as the uh, in the club uh, music video, he was upside down. Uh, I thought that was pretty wild to have him there. So I, I thought it was it was fun. It's just uh, it was it was cool to see them actually build that stage. I saw a couple of videos of like a time lapse and they did a really good job with it. So I, I thought the halftime I would give it. As a non-rap fan, I would I would even give it a B plus. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, A minus for it. One of the stronger halftime shows, and yeah. I'm not generally a big advocate. I'm sorry for being a curmudgeon about it. It just delays the game too long, and it's weird. And I, it's uh, uh, where this came from. I'm not exactly sure, but listen, if you enjoyed it, uh, good for you. I love the people belly aching about it, like that. That it was uh, uh, that. Basically, so if you're not into hip hop, you didn't enjoy the show. Is that is that what I'm to take away from it? Good. That 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 lines up with uh, with what I would have expected. You don't need to weigh in after the fact. Hey, now I know you just said I'm asking you for a later grade, but I like when the people take the tour. I'm not into hip hop. Like, okay, yeah, but the they announced this was uh, was going to be the halftime show about three months ago. Um, we we don't need you to update us that you still don't care about it. Um, and broadcast, I thought Al Michaels was really good. I thought Collinsworth did a decent job of catching, uh, keeping his Bengals fandom in check. I don't think there were any egregious missteps there. Um, I thought that Al Michaels, though, the misstep was at the end was, as I mentioned, Joe Burrow, he'll, he'll be back in this game. I don't know. That's why I love sports so much. That's why I love football so much, because it can be cruel and just because you're really good as a quarterback doesn't guarantee you or your team or how stacked the roster is. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. And that's why I am always fascinated that people feel compelled to say like, hey, not the last time we've seen these guys. Maybe it is. Might be. Get it while you can. That's why the Rams are to be admired for going all in this season to get the prize. And that's why everybody's playing the sport. And now they have it for all of time. I don't know if Aaron Donald's going to retire. I predict he doesn't. I do think were I Sean McVay, I would definitely retire. What more are you going to do? Unless you just have such a competitive itch. This is as good as it's going to get. You went all in on a season. You got over the hump. You've been to two Super Bowls now in, what, four years. Your legacy is one of the all-time greats. I'd rather leave now and have the mystery. I'd rather be the Beatles than the Rolling Stones. You know, pull the plug before anybody, before you put out a crappy record, you know? And, like the steel wheels dents the uh the the Rolling Stones legacy the the Beatles are perfect because they stepped out 
at the top. Go up into the booth, McVeigh. You'll be gangbusters there. You'll be a hero, and no one's ever going to question anything you ever do again. Right, Spaghetti? I think the best case, I'm with you uh, on that. It's a good analogy, the Beatles-Stones analogy, and I'm, I'm with you that it, things aren't going to be pretty I, for the Rams going forward, but I think what he his best case would be to leave to do the broadcast thing. And then in a few years, he's going to get the itch again. He's too young. He's what is he? 36, whatever he is. And it, it, a team will be like, Hey, can you come out of retirement? Kind of like, a, you know, you know, Gruden did recently uh, and a big name coach comes back. And then if he wins again with a new team after you know taking time off, um, then I think his legacy it, it, even further is cemented as one of the brilliant minds and in, in football. Um, I don't, I don't think if he retires now and does not come back, he's going to be forgotten about, but it's not going to be an ultra strong. I mean, there are coaches that have won one Super Bowl and he got to another one, but if he comes back with a different squad, different organization after time off and, and gets them back and they're competitive again for years and wins one, then it's like, this guy is the real deal. And he uh, is really a great football mind. So I think that's his best path. I, I, yeah, I get all. Yeah, that makes sense. I just kind of look at it from the, like, I, you know, did everybody see the genuflection the, uh, to John Madden last month? That's what you want, right? You, you you want everybody to hold you up as the greatest and irreplaceable guy ever. You don't want to retire as a coach and then have everybody or, or stick around coaching and have to listen to a bunch of schnooks like you and me second guessing everything you do. Go up in the booth. Have a nice life. You know, be be the toast of every football town you ever go to for the rest of your life, especially in L.A. I guess it might be hard to move on from the Rams as constituted. Whitworth will retire. We know that. I don't know if Aaron Donald comes back, but um, if he does but Odell now with the knee and everything else, it's it, it's. Not I almost certain. think Odell's knee helps the Rams case and keep him if they yeah, want right. to. I know Robert Woods comes back, but if he wants like a prove it deal, a quick one year or whatever, then he can come back in a year's time. I think in a in a way, if he was healthy coming off a you know a touchdown in the Super Bowl, he might have wanted a bigger contract. And he was like, "Hey, I'm the Odell of old," but now the Rams may get able to keep him. So I mean, especially with the NFC West kind of a big question mark now with Kyler's really upset with the Cardinals, which I'm not sure how much I believe or you believe. And then I have obviously the Niners need to you know, as Trey Lance, their guy. And then the Seahawks is going to be a conversation we're going to have every week now with Russ. Is he going to stay or not? And they're, the team isn't that great. So weirdly the Rams, even with losing pieces and potentially coaches, they still could be competitive in that division. But uh, I don't know about Super Bowl contender. Oh man, the Kyler stuff that is, this is going to be the, I keep saying it, the greatest off season ever. And it is already underway before we get to uh Kulong here. Spaghetti, two bets to make everybody aware of to ride with us on fanduel.com slash minus three. Kid Crosby, he's going to get number 500. Don't you want to celebrate that even if you don't like the Pittsburgh Penguins? Don't you want to make a little bit of loot off of that? I expect I don't have the number just yet, but first goal score against the Philadelphia Flyers in Pittsburgh on Tuesday night. Um, the other day, it was coming in at plus a 1,000 for Crosby to score that first goal. Let's all bet that, right, Eddie Spaghetti? It's nice to celebrate, you know, as a Rangers fan. Now you're looking up at the Penguins in the division standings. You'll, you'll have your time. You'll, you'll have your opportunity to celebrate your own guys, I'm guessing, at some point. But right now, let's all get behind 87, right? Uh, if we must. Uh, Woo! You know, uh, That's it then. We don't need to talk about it anymore. And also, a great time to get in. I love it, FanDuel. They have all the Super Bowl odds for next year up there. 
I'm going to announce one right now for you, Spaghetti. But first, you go. The Chiefs and Bills have the shortest odds, both plus 700. How could they both be ahead of anybody in the NFC when they, when you got the Rams as the defending champions and the Cowboys at plus 1,200 and the Packers looming there at plus 1,300? But two AFC teams, that seems like it's going to be really rugged stuff. Go ahead. Give us your Super Bowl 57 pick as foolish as it is to do. Well, you like you just said, I mean, if you look at the AFC and the division winners and the, the teams that were contenders, it's like, OK, Bucks. well, their quarterback's gone. Packers, their quarterback's a question mark. The Rams, we just talk, discussed about them. Their roster could look completely different. They may be losing a Hall of Fame defensive tackle on their head coach. Uh, and then for the rest of the teams, like they all have question marks there with Kyler and the, the Cardinals, the 49ers moving on to Trey Lance, potentially Russ may be on the move from Seattle. So when you look at the teams that are left that have, you know, the most important position solidified, it is Dallas Cowboys. So I think and I'm not just saying this to make Sal happy, but it's uh, it, they, to me with the odds you're getting on them. It just makes sense. And I don't think the NFC East is going to be that competitive yet. Like, yes, will all the teams be better. I think the Giants will be a little bit better. I think the Eagles may drop a bit because they did not beat a single good team last year. And uh, I guess the commanders will be, you know, mediocre around what they were this year. But I think. It's just still a very easy division. And for the AFC, I mean, the AFC is a, is a total bloodbath. And I feel like you could pick one of, you know, 10 teams and, and be fine with it. I'm going to predict that a team that has a pretty good roster, they built their team the right way, a good defensive team, have a good running game, a great O-line. And I know the organization is looking to move on from their quarterback. And I am going to predict they will get a high-end quarterback to lead their team and they're going to win the AFC South. And that is the Indianapolis Colts. And I think they will represent the AFC right now. So that's my kind of long shot fun Cow- Cowboys Colts Super Bowl. And if you want a long shot, team, Super Bowl be- five rematch, uh, a-, a team that I like to leave the seller and be ultra competitive and kind of the way the Bengals were, I'm not saying go to the Super Bowl, but I like the GM. I like the head coach. And I think in year two, this quarterback will improve. And I do. They're drafting the right way. And I think they will use the fourth overall pick to add more beef on the O-line. And I think they do have some sneaky good weapons. And Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, I like the Jets to be a lot better than they were last uh, last year. And I think their team, I think Zach Wilson makes the jump. And I think they're a team that shocks everyone. There are, before you tweet at me saying I'm stupid, every year, even these joke franchises like the Jets or the Bengals, they always make a jump. And I know we saw more out of Burrow than we have of Zach Wilson at this point in his career. But look, there's going to be a team that makes the jump. You want to say the Panthers, they don't have a quarterback. You want to say the Texans, they don't have a quarterback. The Jets do have that guy. And I like them to make a significant jump. And I think the AFC East is not going to be as tough as you, as you think. The Bills lost a lot of pieces and will continue to lose pieces. And teams just don't repeat that easily. Mac Jones kind of slipped the end of the year. Dolphins obviously moving on from Flores. Two is still a question mark. Uh, the Jets, to me, have a they are stable, relatively speaking, and they will be better than they were this year. Good for you, Spaghetti. Don't take shit from nobody. My Super Bowl 57 pick is, uh, obviously, it's the Steelers over Cowboys. Now, um, I am going to go, for fun's sake, the San Francisco 49ers, led by number 12, Tom Brady. Wow. That's fun. Well, there's no reason to think that's not going to happen at this point. He's already talking about it. I didn't mean wow is not. I mean, wow, just like it'd be wild if it did. How fun would that be? And you know what? I'm going to stick with them. They didn't get there. I did say the Rams would get to the Super Bowl um, in August. and, uh, and, And that part came true. The Chargers came up short of the playoffs. I mean, listen, I still like that team quite a bit. Somebody's got to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um, so I'll ride with the Chargers. 
Although if Rodgers lands with Denver, that's going to be fun. Oh, man, so many good things to look forward to already. I can't wait for football to get going again. Let's talk about it a little bit with uh, with our guy, Neil Coulomb. But first, another reminder, FanDuel Sportsbook is where it's at. If you are a sports fan, and as you would expect, FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with FanDuel same-game parlays, you can turn little bets into big paydays. Eddie Spaghetti, let's take a look at the Monday night slate, shall we? Anybody jump out to you there? Any good plays there that we can make all in the same game? Well, it was a fun matchup. Uh, Warriors coming to L.A. to take on the Clippers. And obviously, it's always a fun one when Steph and Clay are back together. So I think this is a game where I do like the Warriors on the road. And I like Clay and Steph to go over their, their total points. You want to do a little same game parlay there. All right. There's a fun one for you. Do it, though. The most important thing to do if you're going to make the same game parlay, if you're listening to my voice right now, do it. Go the extra mile. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Don't you know the word minus the number three? Make that bet and we'll see you in the winner circle. Or maybe we won't. And real quick, here's a break for you. All right, here we go. This is, uh, I'm excited for this conversation because I've been kibitzing with this fellow for the last handful of years on social media. And he, on one hand, is all about the intrigue of off-season and personnel movement, but he also has a hard and fast understanding, as much as anybody I can figure out, of how the salary cap works and what is realistic within it and why so many of the players and trades and otherwise that you may covet as a fan aren't actually plausible because of that aforementioned cap. He runs for USA Today, the NFL Wires, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, Neil Kulong. It's Neil Kulong. What's the poop, fella? Neil Kulong. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Like I say, we've been yapping about this, that, and the other the last couple few years about all things pro football. And on this, the darkest day on the pro football calendar, we're never further away from a pro football game than we are at this very moment. And uh, so I think we need to you know, throw a little gasoline on the intriguing storylines. Unfortunately, there are many for us to get into. Very quickly, though, let's take a look back from your perspective on the last football game we saw. What stood out to you? Um, did the are, are you wringing your hands today about what the Bengals let go? Um, is it the officiating? Is it the uh, the magnificence of Aaron Donald in a big spot? How say you? I honestly, for me, walking away from that game, it was more we once again we saw dominant defense be the compelling factor in a game. Now I understand we're going to talk about the officiating. We always do if there's a call that that we don't collectively like or a couple calls. I don't think that was that dramatic of. Uh, a, a, an issue in this game. What I know is Cincinnati, um, they were criminally underrated defensively for, for what they had done throughout three games in the playoffs previously. And they showed us pretty clearly on, on Sunday as well. That's a great defensive team. They played really well. I thought they played well enough to get the win. Unfortunately, couldn't quite, uh, couldn't quite make it happen at the end. Um, Joe Burrow, it, for, for obvious reasons, got a lot of the credit for moving that team to the Super Bowl. In reality, it was their defense. I thought defensively, they did a great job. They had a great scheme drawn up. 
uh, everything they could right up until the end. But it, more than anything, the Rams defense, which has always been good, it's been full of star players, uh, star power. We've seen star level uh, uh, play on the field from them defensively. They brought the game home instead of what it, it seems like most people want your 40 to 37 shootout decided by a 55 yard field goal in overtime. I don't really like that. I like a team needs to go all out 14 play drive to get 77 yards to get the game, the go ahead touchdown and then see the, the best player for either team on the field completely destroy the opposing offense to end it. it, it to me, that's what happened uh, in this Super Bowl. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great game, very entertaining. And uh, uh, I, I picked the Rams at the beginning of the year. I picked the Bengals heading into the game. So I feel like I'm, I'm wrong in both ways, but at the very least, uh, the Bengals didn't win a Super Bowl, and that, that's that's pretty good to me. But uh, fun team to watch. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know, as it as it goes, these uh, the narratives that emerge mm-hmm. out of this game are are so narrow about what we would be talking about versus what we are talking about with really a foot here and a foot there. I mean, the third down play that Donald makes to keep P. Mm. Ryan from getting the first down mm. and then likely informs the Bengals not running the ball on fourth and half a yard with 43-ish seconds left in the game. Um, and they throw it there and Burrow almost completes that ball. And like I say, we'd have a very mm. different conversation going right now um, if that pass is completed because McPherson has a great shot at that point, if they get another yep. eight yards from that point forward of forcing overtime and the game goes over the, the 48 and a half and all of that. But instead we're genuflecting Darren Donald is the greatest player, the greatest defensive player of all time. You're pretty steeped when it comes to pro football history. I am honestly like to think that, uh, that I have some grasp of it within the Super Bowl era, at least how say you on that front, Aaron Donald, where does he rank for you among defensive players you've watched in pro football history? I think right now um, the main issue with Donald is he doesn't have longevity for obvious reasons. He hasn't had an opportunity to play more than eight seasons, but for me, the three best defensive players of all time, in some order, ask me on a different day. I might give you a different order. I'm not sure who it is exactly. But for me, it's Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Mean Joe Green. Between mm. those three, none of them hold a great argument against Aaron Donald over their first eight years. None of them. I mean, it, Donald is so ridiculously above history and above uh, legitimate comparison. I don't think people realize how dominant he's been. It's not normal uh, to have three defensive players of the year and to have, frankly, the ones he didn't win. One, he was hurt for, for a good chunk of the season. And the other one, he finished second behind the guy who tied the, the all-time sacks record. And that was this year. There's no reason to think Aaron Donald's not going to do it again next year unless he really does retire like we heard about, which would be epic uh, if he did. If that was the last game Aaron Donald played, uh, if that was the last snap of Aaron Donald's career, I you can't do it better than what he did, in my opinion. I, I don't think there is anybody that can really claim uh, they were better all around at, at at defensive football than than Donald has been. And it's a joy to watch the guy. You won't see the position played more uniquely, more intensely, um, it, with more strength, power, and brains than what Donald has done. Um, just an absolute freak player. And in, in my opinion, um, it might even end up being better than, than the quarterbacks of this era, which I think says a lot uh, in that we, you know, 
glorify the quarterbacks and everything that they do. Aaron Donald is better than his positional peers by light years. I mean, there nobody can hold a candle to that guy that, that's playing on the interior of the defensive line. And there might be some fringe Hall of Fame defensive linemen right now. I mean, he's well, you got Cam Hayward, Fletch, Cam Hayward, Fletcher Cox, Vita Vea among the younger guys are Ooh. are pretty dominant too. But as you say. Uh, what Donald does is unique because he's smallish, comparatively speaking. Um, also, when the the thing I think that people need to to consider when talking best defensive player of all time. First of all, I think there should be a division. It's kind of like talking about um, NHL forwards versus NHL defensemen. They're very different kind of things. So I think we should divide front seven versus back end guys, secondary guys to, to enhance the conversation a little bit. Um, but also I think it's vaguely unsatisfying because I feel like a lot of the Aaron Donald's the best of all time is, is, is noise that the casual fan picks up and then passes off as something that they understand fully. But what may go down as the signature play of that game of, of Super Bowl 56 and maybe of his entire career is the third down play. Samaji Piran <laughs> has the first down. I mean, he's he, he's there. His head is hitting the yellow stripe yeah. on our TVs and Donald tug of wars him back from it. I mean, that the, the game is very different, probably, if Piran gets that first down with 40 seconds to go in the game. And you don't fully see it because he's interior, as you say. And so I, I, I don't think there's the visceral reaction that you know like Lawrence Taylor gets as a for instance yeah. you can watch those you can watch old highlights of him coming off the edge yeah. faster than anybody else and hammering the QB Joe Theismann or Ron Jaworski and the ball flipping and spiraling up <laughs> and maybe he catches it and runs it in himself LT does that is something else Donald doesn't have going for him but uh but yeah man like you say for the first eight years um he's He's dominant and unlike the other guys. He's he's not just pushing guys around. It's his quicks. He's always in the backfield. It's a remarkable thing to behold. But, you know, if Burrow completes that pass and there's an overtime yeah. and the Bengals win it, then the conversation is the Bengals are maybe the favorite uh, among uh, odds makers right now to win the Super Bowl next year. He is now the gold standard. He is the guy that every team covets in the draft or otherwise to try and get, even in the world of Mahomes and Herbert and all the rest of it. So what is the, in the copycat league, what will the 28 or 30-ish teams that didn't get close this year, what are they copycatting from the champion Rams and from the Bengals, in your opinion, because you do see it every year. Like, that work, that is essential. We have to figure out how to do that. And, in fact, that was the conversation of the last two weeks. How do we catch the Bengals? Um, so on and so forth in the AFC. How say you? I, I would say this, and this, this is probably off the beaten path a little bit, but if you're going to copy the Bengals, um, probably more than anything, it would be how – you manage to find a way to get consistent one, get consistent pass rush while dropping seven into coverage, which is really how they came back and beat Kansas city uh, along with their, their offense, of course, but defensively they completely shut Kansas city down, which is not an easy thing to do. They were able to do that largely because their coverage was airtight down the field. Um, they found in, in Mike Hilton, they found a, 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 an outstanding slot cornerback, 
who can cover a guy, maybe not Odell Beckham, as we saw early in, in, in the Super Bowl, but he can cover a guy over the top. In other words, he can keep him uh, in front of him to a point where your safety is able to help out a little bit. The Bengals did that very well, I felt, not just with Hilton, but with with all their defense. They played together as a unit uh, probably a lot better um, than most teams will. They're running a bare front, which is really more it, – it's it's power and brawn. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback uh, consistently if they're, they have the dudes up front to do it. And Cincinnati, <clears throat> I would say probably more than anything – they didn't draft this defense. They they brought them in in free agency. So if they're gonna two, number two here. They're going to copy something. Find dudes in free agency. Find dudes in trades. Because to flip it over to the Rams, that's what they did. We've been screaming for years about how valuable the draft is. The draft is everything. The draft is this. The draft is that. You want to know why teams value the draft as much as they do? Because they don't have to pay draft picks very much money. If you are willing to pay for veteran talent, you can bring in better players than you're going to draft in one year. I think we, we might have this conversation on Twitter. I forget if you were involved with this or not, but Jalen Ramsey, if you're, let's say you're drafting 25 overall, Jalen Ramsey is available to you for your 25 overall and next year's first round pick, whatever that might be. You have to give Ramsey a contract. You have to pay him, but you'd get Jalen Ramsey for say five years. The idea to not do that is, rooted in, well, it's two first-round picks. That's too much. You're drafting at 25 now. What are the odds that you're finding Jalen Ramsey at 25? Essentially zero. You know, you're not finding a guy like that. Uh, two, your next year's team, whatever your pick might be, unless you're in the top seven, you're probably not finding Jalen Ramsey then either. So really, what are you trading? You're trading a low-odds low pick for the ability to not pay a top-end cornerback. If you want a top-end cornerback, Go get a top-end cornerback. I say this because at, as a Steelers guy, Steelers drafted Artie Burns 25 overall. Do you think they'd rather have Jalen Ramsey over Artie Burns in a first-round pick? I think they would. Just call it a hunch. I think they would. Uh, Ramsey didn't play particularly well yesterday, so it's not a well-timed analogy. But the point is, you can go out and find guys if you are not afraid of the salary cap, if you are not afraid to use your draft picks to acquire talent, which is what you're supposed to do. And this is really more of a, a baseball metaphor than anything else. But if, if you have picks, you're drafting players who are good and you're paying them a lot. Well, that's kind of the natural progression. If you go away from that, though, you're on the side, not the side, but you are operating as the ownership group that's ultimately paying the money for them. As a fan, what difference does it make? It, it, the Rams have managed to skirt around, if you want to call it that, the, the salary cap for years. And it's mostly because they just don't really care about first round picks the way everybody else does. The greatest value to a first round pick was it was uh, allegedly thought to be a good chance at a premium player at a very low price. And while that's true, if you're okay with spending premium money for a premium player like the Rams are, go for it. To me, well, that's that's the formula you should copy. I think and I think to to help that point out a little bit is what you're basically paying for when you're paying for a big name free agent or trading away picks to get uh, to get a big name guy is certainty. The the idea that the draft is going to solve all your problems ignores the fact that it's a 60 40 proposition if you're good at drafting and if you're bad at right. it, obviously the percentages swing in the other direction there to your point. 
The Steelers took Artie Burns. Kevin Colbert is one of the better talent evaluators, one of the better drafters out there. He took Artie Burns with Xavier Howard sitting there. So, of course, you know, that's not a knock on Colbert any more than it is that, um, you know, we can tick through the, the QBs or the easy ones. Aaron Donald went where Aaron Donald went. Do you think anybody who drafted any name other than Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald back in 2014 wouldn't wish they had a time machine to go back and draft Aaron Do Donald over whoever else they drafted? I'm sure people are going to hit me up on Twitter to let me know. Like, I think we're pretty happy with <laughs> our quarterback. But you get, but you get my larger point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah that, and that's that's exactly it. You need to get players who can play. And if you know that they can play, Ramsey might not even be the best example. I do think that Odell Beckham is a good example for the the beating he was putting on that team early in the game before he unfortunately tore his ACL. He was clearly their game plan. The Rams would have won by at least a touchdown if Beckham keeps playing. They couldn't cover him. You have weapons like that. You have an advantage that everybody else does. uh, Everybody else doesn't. Cincinnati set up their defense because they don't pay anybody else. Keep that in mind. They weaponize the salary cap in reverse. They just don't spend pe- spend money. So they have a bunch of money that they can roll over. I just think that in the life of uh, the collective bargaining agreement, the last two, um, the one in 2011, gave them the ability to roll over cap space from one year to the next. That's grown to the point where the salary cap is, it's a speed limit sign in Montana. It's not really tangible anymore. It's there but you really have to screw up to violate the salary cap. The New Orleans Saints make a point to be $90 million over the cap going into every season. They make a couple very logical, very reasonable to the point I can't speak for them, but to the point where it seems like the plan always was to do exactly what they're doing to get down underneath the cap. Now, it seems like they, they want to do a little bit more math than I probably would want to do, but they get under the cap. It's not all that big of an obstacle. So if you have that money available and you will go get talent with it, that's the point. You, you know, the, the green, I said this for years, the green Bay Packers can look at their salary cap trophies, their, their league championship salary cap trophies from 2011 through 2019 down in the basement of Lambeau field, whenever they want, they want nothing from not spending money. Why would you not do that? If the owner is willing to do it, like, like in, in our case, like uh, Art Rooney is the Steelers will spend to the cap might not win, but at least they put a product out in the field. There's nothing gained by not spending money. And the Rams just proved that. Go get we talent. Talk, That's what matters. We talked we talk to Jason Luck and Fora during the season who pointed out that the Bucks spent freely, liberally, yep. and if it were exactly impossible right. to fit Tom Brady and Gronk and Mike Evans and Antonio mm-hmm. Brown and every other name that you want to throw out under the cap, then, then, then what's the explanation for everyone else not approaching it that way? As far as that goes, that's it. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to spend right. the money. The cap is the not the problem. They don't do want it. to spend the money. Yeah, cap is right. too large. Is what I would argue. Logically, the way it's being executed right now, the salary cap is too big for what teams want to spend, and that that's another problem for another day. Well, for better or worse, Bill Belichick does kind of lay out the template once again here with what you're talking about, in my opinion, because the. The Vince Young, and I'm trying to think of who all was there. Vin, or that Philadelphia Eagles so-called dream team. Vince <laughs> dream Young team. called it, right? It was now VY awesome who called it. The, they had them all. Yeah, they had everybody there, and it, it flamed yeah. out, and there got to be a real, uh, real stink on the idea in pro football of a dream team. But then, very subtly, people say, you got to do it through the draft and with your own guys. But subtly, when the Patriots win that Super Bowl against the Seahawks, 
They have Darrell Revis and uh, and uh, Browner. They get right. Am I, am I remembering who else they had on that defense? The corner, the Brandon Browner, Browner yeah. Revis. Yeah, the, the, the six four guy on the else. other side. Right, and that's obviously essential in in that Super Bowl victory. And since then, the no fly zone Denver Broncos spent quite a bit on that defense. And so, and 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 you mentioned the Rams, obviously, and the and the Bengals getting there. And you had a great um explanation for me that almost sounded like when it when you first hear it like uh o'neill is uh is a conspiracy theorist but as it turns out i thought you were you were spot on belichick figured out a year ago how to work around covid and the cap dropping and the steelers in your opinion are all set to do that one year later explain and try to make some sense because I do think it provides some optimism for, um, you know, cynical Steelers fans right now who say like, Dave, how are we ever going to catch up to them Bengals now, Dave? We can't hang with that <laughs> team. I think, I think, I think the path is not that short. Obviously, they have to figure out what they're going to do at QB, but beyond that, they can really build a really, really strong top to bottom roster if they can figure out the the QB spot for next year. Yeah, and okay, we'll we'll, we'll the QB thing is one thing. All right, let, let's acknowledge that that is a significant part of it, but we're going to address everything else in the meantime. All right, but let's, let's as- start with this. Let's start with this part. The free agent, you say, who cares where they come from? Here's where I have to put my fan, my foot down, my fan foot down. <laughs> and first of all, Aaron Rodgers isn't ever going <laughs> to no. happen. It never was no. going to happen. No. Aaron Rodgers would never want to be in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers would never chase a 39-year-old QB to pay him that level of coin now that they have this cap room. So cut the jive out. And besides all that, from a fan perspective, listen, from, from the fan perspective, from a fan perspective, I don't, I, I don't want yeah. somebody else's hero. And by the way, he's a, he, he's an imperfect hero too. I'm talking about football <laughs> deeds. Like that. We definitely need to get the guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 12 years. I don't know that he solves much anything, but I don't want a guy that you know the Vikings and their fan base are sad and desperate and they're, have they're no depressed. dignity. They're willing to trade <laughs> their dignity to bring in their arch enemy if he'll be the difference in getting to a Super Bowl. They're, they're fine the with that. The Steelers don't it, need to get this. Right. But that, that, you know what? That's why I say Aaron Rodgers, why don't you do like Brett Favre? Go all the way. Go to the Minnesota Vikings and do that. But we don't need you fun. in Pittsburgh. But anyhow, but go ahead now. I'm sorry. I had no, to Pits, get that Pittsburgh, in again. Pittsburgh just isn't an option for one of the high-level quarterbacks. I, Pittsburgh has probably more needs. I know that this might – to, to some stand in contrast to to my poetic rant a little bit ago about acquiring the players when you can acquire the players. But, you know, we can be reasonable too. you know, three, three Aaron Rodgers market value is at least three first round picks. At least he's 39 years old. He's going on 40 years old. He refuses to cut his hair. This isn't a guy. He doesn't look stable to me. You don't want to bring him in. Even if he is playing at a high level, you don't just come in and dominate everything right away. You have to kind of build up to things. Usually you defense, you can do that offense. You need more coordination, you need more timing. It's not the situation isn't right for Rogers. Okay. Throw that out. I don't think they need to pay Denver. It would be Denver. It would be if it weren't for the and fact that, that Herbert exactly Mahomes are happen. in that division. Well, I don't that's think it makes great. Denver have to do it. Right. But if you want to be, but if you're Rogers, 
I, I think if yeah. the goal is to finish next year with the Lombardi, I think you're better off to be in the NFC because it's I, fairly I, I close to bear. I would agree with that. And I think also, too, Green Bay is not going to trade him in the NFC for the exact same reason. They, they feel that they have the easier path to a, a proposed Super Bowl, which is kind of funny to think of without Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay. But, hey, they're paid a lot of money. They have to act like they're they're capable of winning. They're not going to, but with Rodgers, you have a shot. Every team has a shot if they have Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers' value outside of Green Bay is tremendous, and it's three firsts for a thirty-nine for a thirty-nine-year-old man who's acted here's, like a pain in the ass in the last year or so. I mean, here's that's the a, problem with that, though, because three is more than two. Two isn't enough. They're not going to take two um, for the greatest passer in, in NFL history for a franchise legend. For them to take two first-round picks and to watch San Francisco give up three for Trey Lance at three overall in the previous draft, this is just like suspensions with the NFL. Four games doesn't seem like much, but it's more than three. It's more than two. There aren't small increments of, of these things that you can give away. Three right. has to be it because two just simply isn't big enough. There's not enough to give for Aaron Rodgers anyway, but three is crippling. That's a generation in the NFL. I mean, the average career span of a player is three and a half years. You're giving up an entire career worth of picks uh, for, for one guy. And that guy happens to be going on 40 years old. So I I don't think anybody can do it. I think he stays in Green Bay if he doesn't go to Denver. And for Denver to do it, they're going all in. And to be honest with you, I think Rodgers can make that offense work to a point where they can gun in, in the AFC. That says a lot. I think that's the best situation for him. I won't get into the theory about, in my opinion, really Vegas being the best because Vegas could do two picks and car to Green Bay. That's the best deal for Green Bay. I don't think Rodgers necessarily wants that. I think Rodgers wants to go to, to, to Denver. Um, Why, do you think that? Denver. Why do you think that? Because if he goes to Vegas and can bring Devontae Adams with him too. That's a big, that's a big condition. Does Adams have to go to, to, to Vegas? Does, does Adams not get a better deal somewhere else? He can't plan on that necessarily, but it, at the same time, I've seen Cortland Sutton play. Don't tell me that Devontae Adams is is leaps and bounds better than Cortland Sutton with an actual NFL quarterback for a change, okay? He's never had one of those. He's really, it, it's weird how little he's gotten in that regard. He's a very good player. Jerry Judy and, is a very and, good player. I was just going to say, and Judy, and two nice tight ends, and no some fun. and a couple of nice runners for you. The offense would be that, ready that to go. The problem. Right. Yeah. yeah, the, the problem is Rogers. just... I, they get Rodgers, they're a 33-point-a-game team. I, I don't think there's any doubt of that. I think Rodgers knows that. I think the, the fact that they hired Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> only one reason you're doing that, I'm sorry, this is no different than the the, the high school coach getting hired as, as an offensive assistant at the big-time college to, to lure the recruit. It's the same thing. They don't care about their head coach if they have Aaron Rodgers. And to be honest with you, might not be a bad idea. You know, if this is what gets the guy you really want to win a Super Bowl with, it, it's very similar thinking to the Rams. Fans are the only ones who are obsessed with this idea. Well, you get this guy, you don't have to worry about this position for 10 years. Why does the general manager care about the decision over the next 10 years? They might get three. Okay. They're not all Ryan Pace who must have incriminating evidence or something. The only reason to justify why he had a job as long as he did. Steve Kime in Arizona. I don't, I, for the life of me, I can't understand how he still has a job. They're not all like that. If they're not producing results right away, they're not going to be there for very long. 
Now we got now, now, see now I'm into it now. See, we're a day removed <laughs> from the 2021 season. And I, I, I you know what? I haven't even waited out the uh, the 2021 season to begin buzzing about the QBs and where they're going to land this offseason. But let's get into it. All right. You mentioned Arizona, San Francisco. First of all, let's start at the top of the QB mountain. Tom Brady. I first I love that. It wasn't even two weeks before it's like, hey, Tampa Bay's keeping the door open, but maybe San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers would like to be in San Francisco too, by the way. Impossible that that could work out, that they, that they would maybe say Trey Lance. No. I don't know where Jordan Love goes, but it doesn't exactly make sense. But my reading the tea leaves, I don't get the sense that Shanahan is in love with Trey Lance, or else why didn't he get any repetition? During the this past season, it was a little weird. If like uh, yeah, I kept I like I keep say saying, this. if you fell into a coma in August, if I told you, oh yeah, the Niners are in the title game, you would never think yeah. that it was like, oh yeah, it was all on Jimmy G's right arm. So Trey Lance's rookie of the year <laughs> wasn't right, wasn't exactly. Garoppolo. What that would Kyle Shanahan would then be saying, I traded up our future draft as far as we're concerned. Our equity just went to go draft a guy who wasn't good enough to beat out the starter who took us to the championship game and we're letting walk because now we're acquiring Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, Kyle, what are you doing? If you're Jed York, you sit down and kind of look at that and say, look, I, I trust you, but are, are you okay? What, what, what's, what's going on here? I know I'm you being wacky, but and stick with it. I'm being wacky, but if Brady said, I want to come to San Francisco this offseason, they turned him down a year ago. Cause he said, you're sticking with that MF or about Jimmy G apparently, <laughs> but Right. I mean, if Brady calls him and says, I listen, I want to do it. I want to I want to I want to go out. This this is the way I want to do it. I, I, I want to wear the I, Niners jersey. They have to say the, yes, don't they? A no? one year deal, a one year deal for San Francisco, a one year deal. You you get rid of Garoppolo uh, right. as pain free as you can. And it's not it, it's not going to cost them much to get rid of Garoppolo, even if they only get a, a five for him. They can get rid of him pretty easily. Um I'm a North Dakota State grad. I'm the, the biggest Trey Lance fan there is. I'm admitting that fully. I also said at the beginning, he barely had any FCS experience. So for to, the idea that he is absolutely 100% ready in year two, I don't even, you know, I, I'm okay with that. For Tom Brady to want to go to San Francisco, for Kyle Shanahan to say, I can finally have a quarterback on this team that can really play, I think he would do that. I don't think you have to move Trey Lance for that. I, I don't think it's even all that bad of an idea. I, you know, maybe another year with Trey, you got to pay him a little bit more for less production. Um, it, it, to acquire Tom Brady, I think that's a move you make. Now, I think that's going to happen, Tampa, right? Tampa, it, Tampa's it not going to be it a could. jerk, are they? Tam like Arians and company ain't going to play see. jerk role, are they? I, Bruce Arians is, is shockingly uh combustible when it comes to these sorts of things. I'm not sure what his exact reaction would be. Um I'll tell you this. I I'd watch. I'd be I'd, I'd be ready for that press conference either way. Um <laughs> it, it could happen. I you know let's it, look Tom Brady's a very smart business guy. He he knows what he's doing. Uh he knows he's got a, a lot of appeal, maybe more appeal now than he's ever had. Uh he's very human now. He's very personable. He can still play the game at a high level. We saw that. If it's not about money for him, um, if, if it's about sticking around to sell his, you know, protein shakes or whatever, when he's fully done with it, the move would be to keep playing. 
You also can see, though, that Tampa Bay, for as much as I laud teams, I, I really appreciate and value teams that spend to the cap, that are aggressive with their draft picks. The bottom kind of falls out eventually. You know, in Tampa Bay is, I don't think they're going to be very competitive next year anyway. I could see why Tom would want to leave. Exactly. If he wants to come back right. to San Francisco, that's a team that can play now. That's is a team Arians- that can win at all. So is Arians, who has a pretty nice profile, you know, I think fans generally like him. They know he likes a drink and seems like a fun guy and he loves throwing the deep ball and all that kind of stuff. I don't think he'd want that stink on him. Like, yeah, I forced Brady to retire because he didn't want to come to a diminished Buccaneers roster in 2022. He wanted to go somewhere else. But I said, no, I I, I forbade it. I refused. I don't think he would do that because he knows. Did did you tell him to get in the game or get off the field? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe you would. I feel like these things have a way of working out. If Brady decides I want to play another year in the NFL, I don't want it to be in Tampa Bay, though. I think the Bucs would I have would to agree come. with that. What, what a the stink. sake of fun, right. let's, let's make some primetime drama. Uh, you're going to pirate it up. I think that would be interesting. You're dumb. You're, de- you're going to live down to your pirate ship in your end zone and, and be jerks <laughs> to the rest of football. I don't see it. Russell Wilson, where's he going to be in 2022? Seattle. Mostly huh. because Seattle doesn't really have – well, you need to get a lot for Russell Wilson, and you need to get a quarterback. Um, would you trade – again, this goes back to the idea that, that in my mind, uh, this this theory was really generated pre-Josh McDaniels in, in Las Vegas and pre-conversation about they're going to give him an extension and they love him and this and that. Derek Carr seems to me the only tradable uh, good quarterback in the NFL right now. Seattle can't lose Russell Wilson for the cap hit that they're going to take in doing it. Um, your option is a quarterback in this draft, and you don't have a first-round pick currently, or Geno Smith next year, which will assure that you have a top-five pick next Neil, year. Neil, that's why I'm here to help you. This is what this is what I do. Look, Russell Wilson, we're going to send you to the Giants, where you and Sierra want to be. In return, <laughs> Seattle, you, you get – one of those high first round picks, maybe a first even next year, and we're going to give you Danny Dimes. There's your bridge. We, 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 we give, we, we give, we're giving you He's a, a nice bridge. Guy. Well, that's we'll right. That's a, that's not a terrible trade, right? If I, Russ doesn't want to be there, right? That's and really kind of the thing, you know. Here's here's the the, the ten thousand foot level thing, Dave, that, that we're talking about. What this is all about. And what centers around every conversation we've just had over the last 10 minutes is the level of control that quarterbacks have. And they're only just now starting to really act on it. Russell Wilson gets to pick where he plays. Aaron Rodgers gets to pick where he plays. And they're starting to set their contracts up accordingly. And you know what the crazy thing is? You know who really started this? Kirk Cousins. You don't know why? Kirk Cousins, his contract this year is basically the franchise tag. And he, he's the guy that broke through the franchise tag wall and showed it's possible to play the game without having a long-term contract and maximize your value because if you don't blink when the owners threaten you with the tag, they have to keep paying you because they don't have your replacement in hand. Cousins knew that there are just simply not very many above mediocre quarterbacks in the NFL. Why did Ben Roethlisberger make $15 million this year to be statistically, one of the bottom third passers in the league. It's because there are a lot of worse quarterbacks than him. Cousins started that. Wilson is aware of it. Rodgers is aware of it. Rodgers set himself up with what's essentially, I get to pick where I go, trade clause. Because he has an option. 
he's a pending free agent. You trade him, he doesn't have to go anywhere. All he has to do is tell people, no, I don't want to. I'll take a year off. I'll decline my option and I'm gone. I'll sign wherever I want. So you have that much power to do exactly what you said about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson to New York with a new coach um, on a bad team makes no sense. For him to destroy his legacy with Seattle, that but makes he's not no on sense. a good team now, so what, may as well. Right. That's why, Except, if I'm Russ, I'm thinking that, like, what, what am I doing here? Realistically, yeah, why? why not? Next year, Does now Seattle I'm 34. Right, exactly. They. What, both- what am I doing? My wife can clean up in New York. I can be like Tom Brady. We're pulling in all this money on us, essentially being who we are, and now living in New York. I could just do that. The question comes down to how much do I really care about football versus how much do I really care about business? I I say that not at all to suggest that Russell Wilson is not completely dedicated to football or anything like that. I just mean what's more appealing in the long run here. He's got a ring. He's played in two Super Bowls. He's marketable everywhere. He's kind of a dork. He's not really going to get great endorsement deals anyway. His wife certainly can. And I think them together, they could. They could set up their own thing. Who knows? I mean, I I also think even – I could make a case that getting out of the NFC West is good too, and that's even before Brady lands on the Niners. I think that there are worse spots to land <laughs> than, that. than New that's York sad. City. <laughs> I don't think the I mean, to the point that you're making though about quarterbacks. And by the way, good. I think that uh, uh, human beings should get to choose where they play, especially if you're one of yeah. the in a small handful of people who can do the job successfully. Then you should have the liberty to choose where you're going to do it. So I'm all for that. I was I cheered when LeBron when everybody else booed um, when LeBron, Bosh, and Wade hooked up a decade ago. I think it should uh, you know if, if that's your will, then that uh, then that's your right. Um, I, th- I'm trying to do the math though on where everybody kind of is going to, is going to land here. So I guess oh, you, let's, you, you got to break out some calculus if you really want to get into this and to, to, to well, bridge this it. back to our original point, this is how the Steelers get their quarterback. It might not be this year, but what good quarterback would not want to play for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, it, Steelers haters are going to absolutely hate the fact that I said that. I'm telling you, though, knowing around the league what people think of the, of the Steelers franchise, there are a lot of them that do. And they're going to be able to find the guy that they want to do that. They're not going to have to draft somebody. They, if, if they are willing to spend the money, again, this goes back to the Rams establishing you can be a dominant team for a consistent amount of time without even drafting in the first round. You know, I, I think we're going to have like three presidents come and go in office by the time the Rams draft in the first round again. And that'll only be because they didn't find a deal that they liked. You put all this together, the quarterbacks are going to be their own level of free agency and trading is going to be that, that vehicle. You know, they, they're not going to hit the open market. They're just going to get traded. They're going to set up their contracts like cousins did to basically create a balloon payment in the last year. You can cut him and he gets to go be an unrestricted free agent. You can trade him and you're acquiring a franchise tag without any long-term security. What does that say? It says that Cousins would rather be cut than play into the final year of his deal because he wants a multi-year extension. If you're not going to give it to him, cut him. He doesn't want to be traded. This is what quarterbacks are going to do. Russell Wilson's going to do it. I don't. Maybe not this year, unless the, I, I like the New York theory. I think that does make a lot of sense. It's better for Seattle for it to happen next year, which is why I think he probably stays there for one more, figure things out from there. Um, Giants at the same time are probably – He's no, but 
But I, I'll say this, you know, the business side of it makes sense with what you're saying. But Russ is then a, a year deeper in. And if he doesn't bounce Tom back, he's 80 years old. I get Russell it. But Wilson hasn't but, been mobile in like five seasons. That's my point. Throw the ball. That's no, the main I, thing. Quarterbacks are getting older because it's not the, the athleticism is great. They don't need to be Lamar Jackson. They need to be smart. It, it really interesting point that, that Joe Burrow made at listening to him on uh, some radio show yesterday when I was out getting pizza. Um, what he was saying is avoiding pressure. It, it, it's it's a question of your eyesight being able to see, you know, who's actually coming after you. It's knowing where your protection is and it's knowing where the one on ones are so you can escape to it. You don't need to be Lamar Jackson to avoid pressure. You just need to be smart enough to know where it, it's most likely to come from and where your best escape routes are. Russell Wilson has not been fast in a very long time. OK, he look at him. He has at least as much body armor on as Ben does when he plays. With all of that, he's not sprinting anywhere. He doesn't need to be all that fast. He can he, he can be effective in the pocket, moving in and around the pocket, avoiding pressure based on his experience. It, with that, you could expect him to play until he's 40. So he's got six years. I left. agree, but his value goes down if he has a mediocre 2022 on the heels of a value relatively goes down, mediocre Value goes way back up the second you don't have a quarterback. I okay? guess that's true. I guess that's our true. team Our team is going to start Mason Rudolph under center next year. Do you realize that? That's their current plan. What do you think that that is the plan by the end of August this year? I I pray to God that it's not, but it, it, they're, everything they're presenting right now to me suggests this is more of a, a backup for us. I honestly, I, I don't know if they will do it because I'm not sure the market is right, but I think this year or next year, they are going to acquire a name quarterback and sign him to an extension. Probably the type of guy that you can get for three or four years and the way quarterback contracts are going, it's going to probably be all but guaranteed. And he's going to be the guy for however long, if you can't get Joe Burrow, which is what you started the, the, the segment here with, if you can't get Joe Burrow, you got to make, Hey, you have to find Matthew Stafford. You have to find, um, I don't know if it's Carson Wentz. I don't know if it's going to be a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. You know, all of those options are there, but listen to that. I just mentioned what four quarterbacks who are very diverse in terms of ability and contract status, except for the fact that they're all going to be relatively available at some point in the next two years. I think Pittsburgh looks at their cap situation, which I don't know if you've noticed that or not. They have more cap space than they've ever had by a tremendous. Well, that's, that's what I said to you a few minutes ago. I think what the Patriots did this last offseason is what the Steelers yeah. are all set up to do right now. Now, And I, the, and I the, meant to explain that, too. I, I, I got off on a tangent. No, that's fine, because I'm interested in exactly this. You know, it's it sounds uninspired. And one year ago, I kept saying, listen, and, and you were one of the few people out there who seemed reasonable to me and not just because you were agreeing with me. Well, in part because you were agreeing with me and I'm vain, <laughs> but I do. But clearly you're it's a benefit. You're, yeah, you uh, you um, have a, a a better grasp of uh, to me the, the 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 tedium of cap stuff is not why I like flapping my gum about. So I, I I decided to flap my gums about sports so exactly so I didn't have to do fancy math and yet here we are <laughs> I'm doing it. But there was not, from my understanding, in football terms and in terms of the cap and what Roethlisberger's hit the minimum you could. Once Roethlisberger says, I'm coming back, Pittsburgh, 
They had no choice. There was nothing else they could have done. There was no fancy name that they could have gone out to get to replace Roethlisberger. Correct. And part of the reason, like, Dave, they should just go with Mason Rudolph and see what he got. And then we see what we got in the offset. And then we know. (laughs) It's like you cannot burn years of future Hall of Famers careers doing that. But I, I, so I, I apply the same premise here, although they're a better team that is capable of nine wins, as you just saw with old Roethlisberger getting to the playoffs this past year. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl, but I think nine wins out of 17 is reasonable with an enhanced roster and Mason Rudolph or otherwise. I'd rather them ideally get Kenny Pickett because I don't think that, and I know I'm uh, being black and gold or Pittsburghy about this. First of all, I love the narrative. I love the story of it. It would be cool. Um, and uh, to for a Pitt kid to wind up on the Steelers. But I also think if you blur your eyes enough, you can talk yourself into that he's very much like Joe Burrow is in many physical regards. It, yeah, I, I think maybe a, a, a poor man's Joe Burrow. Um, I, I'll say this. Everything I've heard about Kenny Pickett is – not just the players, uh, but the coaches and the, the the administration around Pitt Athletics would run through a wall for Kenny Pickett. That's what I'm saying. And what I hear on that is you can tell it, it's there to, to point out he's an A-plus dude. Everybody loves him. And you'll want to play for Kenny Pickett. Uh, is he going to go out and completely destroy the opposition in a Patrick Mahomes pure arm talent kind of way? No. He is but not neither, a but, but that's a, but I think, scrambler, but he I, can run. I think that's the important <laughs> point about Joe Burrow that we've lost sight of because he wore fancy glasses and and uh, smokes a cigar and whatever else that defines him as like being Dieter a Dieter from Sprockets. Right, whatever. So he's super cool to everybody. What his his physical talent, his arm talent is n- is not uh, you know is not swoony stuff. I mean, he you know I I, I he really does for me cut that. Figure Pickett cuts that figure. You plop him into the right spot. Mm-hmm. He he I I, I it, you know he's not a Matthew Stafford level talent or Mahomes or Rogers level talent, but I could right. see him being a top ten QB if you surround him properly. I I would put Burrow it like is. this: it's not a, not in a comparison sense because I'm not comparing the two at all. In fact, they're they're very different from each other. But uh, you look at Mac Jones. Um, He's got it upstairs. He has a decent enough arm. Uh, He's smart. He throws a very accurate pass. That's kind of his big thing. Um, You can build an offense with Mac Jones. You build an offense around Patrick Mahomes, but you can build an offense with Mac Jones. You can do the same thing with Kenny Pickett. Hmm. Pickett doesn't have that level of of passing accuracy, I think, that uh, we saw out of Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. Uh, But Pickett is mobile. I think you and I are about as mobile as, as Mac Jones is. Yeah, I think Those he's ultimately of, a little more dynamic. And he also pulls yeah. the trigger. I mean, like that thing of, like, hey, he's a gunslinger kind of stuff, which I happen to get into. Um, I think you it is that mindset thing, and that's the thing. People are like, Joe Burrow doesn't blink. I think Kenny Pickett, I mean, for, for what it matters as it applies mm-hmm. to pro football, was never gun shy about it, not just in big spots, but yeah. uncorking deep balls. Like, what are you doing? What, 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 what are you? Oh, it's fourth and two. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. That? Oh, oh, he, oh, he threw a strike. Pickett, again, Pickett is not. Okay, let's look at comparisons for this year's draft just on, on arm talent 
there's Malik Willis and there's everybody else. Pickett is not Malik Willis when it comes to delivering the ball. But if you have third and 11 and you need a ball put on a dime on an out route somewhere, Pickett's the guy that you probably want to, to throw that. I mean, in my opinion, at least Pickett is Pickett is the winner. Pickett is the guy that everybody wants to play for. Pickett is the guy that when everyone else is blinking, they're looking at him to take over. And I know that that, that sounds soft. I know it sounds far more dramatic than it probably is. But to me, that's Joe Burrow. That was always Burrow's biggest trait. He's just like pathologically intense about competing and about winning. He's been training himself to do this. Pickett is... It, it, this is a terrible comparison. Please don't use this in a teaser for the show, but look back on it and, and went to the point where the quarterback position exploded into what we see it now. Two people, there's Peyton Manning and there's Tom Brady. Peyton Manning was the machine. Peyton Manning was the golden God of everything. Tom Brady was a six round pick who kind of just seemed to be off shucks. I'm really happy to do this, but also an intense competitor and had it when the, when the chips were down on the table. Joe Burrow, to me, looks like Peyton Manning did back then. And Pickett fits more into that Tom Brady mold. There's a reason why Kenny Pickett now is, prob- in my opinion, at least a top 10 pick, if not a top five pick. It's because you see what you get out of the leadership qualities that Tom Brady has. And that that was really, if we were to go over everything that encapsulates Tom Brady as, as a player, as a contributor to the sport of professional football, Leadership, in my opinion, should be the biggest thing. Everybody listened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady ran whatever he was in charge of, and he was always successful. Pickett is more that type of guy. He's not a a type A, frankly, kind of a jerk the way Peyton was. And Peyton will even admit that early in his career. He was overbearing. He was domineering. He was not a very charming guy the way that he kind of turned into at the end. Brady, though, was always like that. He's very intense. You see him yell at people on the field and everything. But Brady was the, the, the collaborator. Brady was the real servant leader. Peyton was not. I, Pickett is the kind of guy that will make everybody on the team and everybody around him better. And I, I think it, I'd love for the Steelers to get Kenny Pickett. I don't Do you think, think there's any chance that they would make the move? Because I don't think that I, I, I'm I, I just I don't I, I think they would love to have him. I think that they would be definitely interested in talking about trading up for him. I don't think he's going to fall to a point where short of giving up all of their draft, they're able to do that. And they, they simply can't do that. They're not going to be um, it, it, they need a lot of things. Quarterback is absolutely one of them. Kenny Pickett, to me, as, as much as I'm pumping him up for all these intangible things, it, look, to me, the gold standard of moving up far is Justin Herbert. It's and he, he didn't get traded up for it, but Patrick Mahomes fell to, what, 10, 11, whatever it was. Then they, they traded up for him. Deshaun Watson, they traded up for him. You need to be that level of guy to, to justify giving up multiple picks, having a net loss of picks this year and next year to acquire that player. Pickett just doesn't have that for me. If he fell to 20, sure. If he fell to 16, sure. He's not going to. He's just, for, for the reasons that I'm pumping him up, he's not going to. I'm inclined to agree with you there. I just, you know, at some point and, you know, I think fans have taken this weird hardo posture of like, hey, it's about W's. I don't care. I don't care about Aaron. If if he's going to make my team a winner, I want him on my team. Like, 
I don't know. I I, I still forgive me. Not call me Pollyanna. Serious. Call me Pollyanna or whatever. I I I think there. I, I while I hate the phrase like goes about as you know does it the right way. I kind of want it to be. And by the way, I feel spoiled as a fan. Don't have to get so desperate that you have to reach to to achieve the Steelers have achieved enough I think it would be a super cool story if they could land the pit kid to be their quarterback and I and I think from uh not that they need good PR but I think it would be a, a great look for a team that is is in a tough mix in the AFC for the next uh, couple of years here so let's let's get out with this one of and by the way as if anybody needs reminded, except perennially we do need reminded of it, that it's like, how did the Bengals get here? This happens every year. Teams come from out yes. of nowhere. That's how exactly. pro football works to the detriment of the sport, as far as I'm concerned. I don't love parody. I don't love that rise and fall thing. But <laughs> you, you really have to have amnesia to continually just be like, huh, you're picking that team? Like, what? What have they ever done to do? And like, this happens every year that some teams come out of nowhere to be contenders. Um, and things change fast. The Houston Texans, 18 months ago, looked like, well, they're in pretty good shape if they can just figure out what they're doing in the front office because they got the real deal at QB. And I keep saying, I don't think I've, I can think of a historical equivalent for Deshaun Watson, one of the five best players at his sport at one moment. Not too far removed from the end of the 2020 season was, oh, we got to free Deshaun Watson. He deserves better than this. And now nobody's, yeah. people are almost afraid to talk about it because they don't want to get into any legal thing of like misstating what the situation is and everything. And as yeah. it is, there was the buzz to the Dolphins and the, the Panthers and, and um, here, there and everywhere. But what is Deshaun Watson going to play in 2022? Best guess and uh, where? I think, honestly, I think there's a lot that goes into this. Now I'm stuck on your, you don't want to say things thing, but. I don't mean you're not going to get okay. sued, but then people are, well, that was a politically <laughs> right, incorrect. Exactly. Oh, oh, all that matters is football. You know, what about, what about the, the victim? Like all that kind of stuff. I'm not asking about I, any I of that. Know We're not there trying are, to get there into are that people stuff. in me there are people in media who have been fired over the comments that they made about Deshaun Watson. So um, I, I will, Neil I will say this. Um, let's not look at it from Watson's perspective. Let's look at this from his teammates perspective. I don't know how, how dialed into pro sports you are. I, I, I know this, those services Let's call them services. And I apologize if that's insensitive, but the services, domestic services. So like your pest control, your pool cleaner, your snow removal, those circles are very, very tight and very small. I think for, for understandable reasons, they're pro athletes. Bringing people to their home means these people know where they live. They only want to use people that they trust and know. When new guys come into the team, they oftentimes ask the, the front office or other players, can you recommend somebody for this or that? They use the same people. Um, not that that's not a, a, a rule. It's just it's common sense. So you get those types of, of uh, uh, service based contractors oftentimes working with pr primarily uh, the pro athletes in an area because they're trustworthy, they're responsible, all of that. 
I'm not accusing Deshaun Watson of anything. I will say the Houston Texans and every other team in the NFL spends an extraordinary amount of money on uh, physical therapy, things of that ilk. For Deshaun Watson to go outside of the team, okay, that happens. You know, people have their own doctors. Okay. To do that that brazenly and to use that many people, to introduce that many people into that world. And keep in mind, this is not the backup offensive guard. This is the signed, extended franchise quarterback. To introduce that many people into that world, not accusing anybody of anything, but that is, you ask any NFL player, they will tell you that is very, very abnormal for somebody in his position. Teammates will know that. To bring him into the locker room, there it, it's it's weird. There are questions that would need to be answered. There, there's stuff. There's an atmosphere that's that's there. That is not to say that he is not a phenomenal player. That is not to say the league, up to a certain point, and it's usually defined by the money, won't care. Carolina Panthers want a bargain on Deshaun Watson. If they can get Deshaun Watson to throw away what's left of his contract and sign a minimum non-guaranteed deal, they'll sign him for 15 years. Obviously, they'll do that, and they'll figure out everything else. They want the deal. They want the bargain. Deshaun Watson ain't going to go for that because – his side is he didn't do anything wrong outside of some stuff that maybe looks unethical at unsavory at best. Um, the league isn't sure where to go because I promise you Deshaun Watson's people are telling him you suspend him the way you suspend other people when they haven't been proven guilty. We're coming after you next. And he's got a lot of money to pay us to do this. So really what you have, and I, I don't, I, not, I wouldn't be able to put this up on screen, but what you have is that the 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 GIF from the office where uh, Michael Scott, Andy Bernard, and uh, I forget who the other one is. The three of them all have the fake guns pointed to each other's heads. That's the deal right now between Watson's side, the NFL, and the Texans. None of them have the reason to to really rat on the other, and nobody is really in a position where they can do much until. Uh, the judge hears it, which was put off until after the Super Bowl, I think, for obvious reasons. We're going to find out something about Deshaun Watson in the coming months. It's not going to be today or tomorrow, but something will have to move. He's going to have to be suspended, and Houston's going to have to do something with him. But I will say this. I don't think Houston kept David Culley around. They, they were looking to move on and get another coach that maybe Deshaun Watson wanted to have in an effort to keep him in Houston. I don't think they want to trade him. I don't think the league wants him to be traded because that's not going to look very good for anybody. And another team acquiring him still has to take on all of that burden. I agree. <laughs> this is I agree. nothing of his, his cap situation. It would destroy Houston to get rid of him now. There is no amount of draft picks that you can give to do anything other than make them the single worst team in NFL history if they were to trade him now. So the best thing for everybody, um, the victims aside, I'm just speaking football. Gotcha. The best thing for the football part of this would be for Watson to stay in Houston. And I think that's what's going to happen. I'm inclined to agree with that. Carolina, I said last question, but I have I have two quick ones for you. One, you mentioned Carolina. I don't think Matt Rule, you talk about like 
regimes and like, oh, well, 10 years, we're all mm-hmm. set for the next 10 years. I, what If I'm Matt Rule, what, I don't give a crap about what's going to be going down in the you, early. You uh, have 10 weeks. In the 30s. 10 years. <laughs> they get, He's not this, making decisions on 10 years oh, now. I know oh, that. Malik Willis is, oh, he'd be a fun project for for, yeah, uh, for no. Rule. <laughs> oh, Kenny Pickett has ties to, to Rule uh, from the Temple days and all that kind of stuff. I, they can't afford uh, a rookie nope. who doesn't hit the ground. Aaron Rodgers to the Carolina Panthers. How about that? That makes a ton of sense, right? That's a thought. And I, I think if you want to win the Super Bowl, these kinds of you want to win the Super Bowl, don't go to the AFC. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, better off yeah, to go to the Carolina Panthers and the now gutted I, NFC South. I would say the main holding point to that is there's no bleep and way Green Bay trades him to the NFC because there's no reason for him to do it. If Green Bay is not getting back a quarterback, they have to start Jordan Love, okay? If they wanted to start Jordan Love, you wouldn't be having these problems. That's and I'm willing to bet right. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be so brazen about everything that he's doing if he thought that Jordan Love was anything of a threat. This they has been my premise the whole way through. Aaron yeah. Do- Aaron well, Rodgers knew and the Packers knew exactly. what Aaron yep. Rodgers knew that that guy ain't ready to take over else. Oh, you want to go to, to yeah. Denver? Goodbye. Neither side. Yeah. Neither side would care about this the way that they have. Green Bay would not have come out publicly just the other day saying, Aaron, please take our money. Here's a blank contract. Sign it for us. It's because we drafted Jordan Love and he's great. We're really excited. We're looking forward to seeing him develop. No, you're not. You're just not. There's no way those two things can exist, okay? You wouldn't bother. I I know that he is the two-time reigning MVP, but I also know it's going to get upwards of $45 million, okay? You'd cut him off by now. You wouldn't have Jordan Love on your team. If you had dra- if you had not drafted Jordan Love to begin with, you wouldn't have any of these problems. And Rodgers knows that. So Green Bay has to have the right trade in place for them to do it. Carolina would definitely want Aaron Rodgers. Like I think probably 26 teams in the league would really want Aaron Rodgers, but they're not going to give him to just anybody. And the only way Green Bay would have anything of a shot would be getting him out of the the NFC completely. He's not going to Carolina. Ah, oh, what fun. All right, listen, I, I, I bent your <laughs> ear long enough. I see we didn't even get into I, I sincerely <laughs> this is how how out of control I am with uh, flapping my gums <laughs> about stuff. The the number one thing I wanted to talk to you about is how the Patriots and Belichick figured out the cap last year and how this applies to teams this year who are finally going to have some money to spend. And we didn't get to it, which means you got to come back in about a month or six weeks so we can dig in on that and uh, roster Absolutely. building in, in the because uh, by then we'll by then we will see the master stroke of the Patriots plan and we'll see how that applies to the Steelers because it it, it will happen. It is happening. I, you know what? I, I really, I, I forgive me. I refuse to be doom and gloom about where this thing is headed. I mean, they're going to be in a every everybody, including Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, are going to have a very tough, uh, are going to have a really tough path to run to get to Arizona one year from now to play in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. So, um, you know, I, I, I. I I'm fascinated to see with that amount of loot once in a generation to see what Kevin Colbert and company cook up there. I can't wait for all of this because you mentioned the league, the league, it's going to be ugly, but there's going to be some ugly stuff coming out 
uh, of Washington, D.C., and potentially with John Gruden and everything else. That's one storyline. In football terms, all these quarterbacks potentially moving and otherwise. And that's before free agency starts and then the draft and all of it. Football season's never over, everybody. And we'll uh, continue to bend Neil Kulong's ear as it goes along. Make sure, as you can hear there, you got to follow him. The trick is... Neil spells his first name with an A, not with an I, which is interesting. N E A. Because he's Irish. Is that what that? The Irish way of spelling it. I didn't know that. English way is N E I L. See, Uh, even more information on your way out the door. Uh, Follow him because he is uh, truly, as you can hear over this uh, last conversation here, as uh, not just uh, not just. uh, passionate about football, but deeply knowledgeable about it. We appreciate all the time, Neil. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. There he goes, everybody. The great Neil Kulong. All right. That was good stuff from Neil. What'd you like there, Spaghetti? You, you like to talk about dimes? We had we had uh, so much, to, we had so many things to talk about. Maybe Ky- we didn't get to Kyler. I wonder if Kyler could wind up wearing big blue. I appreciate you pushing this. It's a great idea. New York thing, but I, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to be feasible. I just think with the amount of money he's going to cost and what like Joe Shane already alluded to cutting, you know, upwards of 40 plus million dollars in cap space. And I, I think the direction from everything I've read and listened to and watched, it seems like what the giants are going to do are unfortunately cut some impact players and then just really build this team from the bottom to the draft. And this is a year where they see can dimes with a decent offensive line, you know, generate a good offensive team and if not they'll move on to next year where the quarterback class is much much better and i just think that russ is he's better suited you know before in the show i said the colts need a quarterback i think he's better suited going somewhere like that than he is with the giants because i'm not sure what kind of getting bringing him in means you're going to lose winner you're not going to be a win now team i don't think russ wants to go to a team that's going to be maybe fighting for third place in the nfc east yeah, but like I say, I just don't think that the situation's so rosy in Seattle either. So he may as well try to get out of there. May, you know what? I Like I say, Carolina is interesting. If Rodgers doesn't work out in Denver, then why wouldn't the Broncos turn around and try to get Russ down a mile high? That seems like a, a reasonable play. But listen, we have a lot of time to talk about this and uh, NBA and all the rest of it. But right now. Let's talk as we head down the home stretch. Talk about something that's going to be juicy. Oh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I can hardly wait, especially in the Wales Conference. Let's hear from Eddie Spaghetti and his good pal, Mikey Meatballs. It's time for some Spaghetti and Meatballs. Folks, we're back post-Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl Monday, but this is a hockey segment. So we're going to talk some NHL here. Eddie Spaghetti with Mikey Meatballs in his car. The dude is committed. Uh, We celebrated the Super Bowl together in his car, ready to work, ready to talk some puck here. Meatballs, uh, any uh, opening thoughts? I'm ready for the Stanley Cup Finals now. I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, we're not we're not NBA guys. We're 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 pro hockey guys so let's get into it i'll do a quick rapid fire one here because i know everyone's brains are still on the nfl and uh it was a trade this morning so the the trade details the calgary flames get tyler Toffoli from the montreal canadians for a 2022 first round pick it's top 10 protected 2024 fifth round pick tyler pitlick and prospect emil heineman the flames they're now clearing enough cap space um with pitlick's contract coming off the books um the Habs also kind of in the news for hiring former Rangers, former uh, Tampa Bay Lightning player, 
Martin St. Louis, also from the University of Vermont, uh, as their as their coach. Uh, Marty St. Louis was a guy that was obviously not a Ranger for life, but he joined that team, and especially that 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 playoff series where his uh, his mother passed, and he played so well, scored that goal, the winner um, versus the Montreal Canadiens and the ECF uh, in fourteen. I mean, it was just uh, it was awesome. He was a, a guy that you joined up, but he felt like he was part of the team forever. So best to him, um, and, and and you know, as the Canadiens went from Stanley Cup Finals, one of the worst teams in the league. Is that a hire that you uh, really like there? Yeah, I think it's a solid hire, bringing uh, some uh, a fresh face for um, a struggling team. So, you know, hopefully he'll – he's a little younger, so maybe he'll relate more to some of these younger guys that they'll have playing uh, towards the end of the year, and we'll see what they got. So, Cole Caulfield, maybe. Maybe it'll be good for him and uh, guys like Suzuki. Yep, but like I said, they, they, they did trade away the uh, Tyler Tripoli there, the Habs did. Another coaching change was the Oilers fired Dave Tippett. They promoted Jay Woodcroft from the Bakersfield Condors, the AHL team. And Meatballs, I've been to quite a few Bakersfield Condors AHL games. Have you ever attended uh, an AHL game in your, uh, your, your, your hockey watching career? I believe I've been to a Bridgeport game when I was younger. Not what are they, possibly, the, uh, the, sound, the Sound Tigers, right? They they were the Sound Tigers, they're now okay. the Bridgeport Islanders. But oh. um, they were the Sound Tigers. I do, I I believe I might have been to one of their games. Well, they need some kind of spark here, this team, because every single day, and I was at the, the trade deadline, I believe, is around March twenty first, and everyone's just saying, find McDavid a team. Uh, and get him out of there because it's going to get really ugly. And I know Vander Kane's there, but I'm not sure if that's going to really change too much. And obviously we talked about them more than almost any other team, but they had to do something. So they promote the coach from the AHL. Um, and the other bit of news, and we could use this to kind of get into our bets, uh, the Brad Marchand, six-game suspension. Obviously he did the kind of funny thing by throwing the puck or like stopping the puck being thrown to the stands by Tristan Jari and then the whole kind of altercation, the stick in his head. And, and Marshawn says the suspension is a joke, says that he's well protected, never intended to actually seriously injure him. Do you have a take on uh, Marchy kind of mixing it up there? I mean, I don't uh, – I mean, six games seems a little long. I think they just wanted to kind Send of a message, right? Marshawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, anyone else would have been suspended for it. So, um, I'm okay with the su- suspension, I guess. But um, – Little long and it's it's a little soft too. So, yeah, there. Uh, and the reason I bring that up too is because the Bruins are coming to MSG to play the Rangers uh, on Tuesday, and I, I'm going to take the Rangers at home. I like them. Uh, I'm not sure about giving the the goal and a half, but I may take them on the money line, uh, especially with playing a Bruins team without Marshawn. Then I, I trust uh, arrested. The Rangers haven't played in seemingly forever, and I'm going to trust a very healthy. Uh, rested, ready to go, Igor Shosturkin. And, and yes, the Rangers are without Kapokako for probably another, I'd say, a month or so. It seems like what Gerard Gerland is kind of alluding to. But I, I like the Rangers at home. And it's a really good slate um, tomorrow uh, with, uh, you know, you have a Washington, Nashville. You have Columbus, Calgary, Dallas, Colorado, Edmonton, L.A. could be a solid game. And then uh, your Islanders are also on the road uh, at, at Buffalo. So what do you like uh, in the, the slate tomorrow for your best bet? Uh, I, I, yeah, I do like the Islanders minus one and a half. You know how their season's been. Uh, they beat up on the bet. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They've lost to the better teams who um, just look like they're one step ahead and a little more fresh than the Islanders are. So, uh Going to take the minus one and a half Buffalo, you know, story, not, not a great team, even though um, they'll be coming off Skinner is having a, a four goal game. 
which I don't think will be replicated uh, for the rest of the season, even though Skinner does have a sneaky, like, 20 goals probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like the Islanders uh, minus one and a half. I Let's assume they'll be favorite. Right, and uh, we were just talking about Edmonton. They are on the road for L.A. Edmonton is getting the goal in half. Do you think there, uh, uh, there's a little bit of juice there with the new head coach? They kind of have a fire lit under them. You do like Edmonton on the road in L.A.? Because I kind of do. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's. Uh, I mean, they looked good against the Islanders uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. I mean, it was uh, – Islanders played, I thought, a pretty decent game, and then it just, you know, Edmonton – score you know just their their offensive power is when they they need it to be or uh when things are clicking is very tough to to stop or, or catch up to so um yeah I, I do like that all right well there you go short and sweet uh i wanted to give you some hockey best bets weigh in on the marsh on stuff go over the trade coaching changes and i'm pissing myself for last week uh, i did give out a bet that uh with the golden knights and i think on the graphic i i picked uh, I, the, the wrong game to bet on. They lost that one. So hopefully our bets this week, uh, we like our teams, but he likes Islanders. I like the Rangers. They're both around the Edmonton Oilers coming to the crypto.com arena to play the Kings there. So bet that on fandom.com slash minus three. And uh, we will talk to you guys next Monday. All right. Good stuff there, fellas. Um, I mean, are the Oilers really going to miss the playoffs? I, I, I don't think so. I think they, well, maybe they will. What do you think spaghetti? Are they, are they going to wind up making any hay come spring well, or no? I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I know it's, you get a little jolt from moving on from your head coach. I don't think Evander Kane is going to solve that. Uh, they have a couple, you know, big matchups coming up, and I know they did play well versus the Islanders, as Meatballs points out. Uh, I do like them on the road versus L.A. and the Kings. Uh, bigger story though in L.A. this Friday, Jack Eichel and the Vegas Knights are coming to where we live to play, and boy, oh boy, am I excited to see that team play with Jack Eichel. And I know Wednesday night, they have a huge matchup versus the Avalanche and McKinnon's returning. Those are two powerhouse teams. And this is, you know, the Super Bowl is over. We're sad about that. But the NHL, especially the Western Conference, is going to be a lot of fun to watch very soon. Oh, I agree. And listen, I think the Knights need that infusion of offensive uh, offensive punch. Uh, so they'll be getting that at just the right time. So we'll be looking forward to um, talking more puck as we move ahead into this football near future. But, of course, we'll be keeping our eyes on all things pro football and all things sports. And uh, we'll hear some more thoughts on the Super Bowl that was and what's upcoming for our sports loving eyeballs with Kevin Hench on Thursday. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>